1: Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm Mike Harrison, and as always, thank you for joining me today. Well, I'm back in town after spending a great spring break in Crested Butte. Highly recommended if you've never been there. What a fantastic town. It was pretty cold, but we had epic snow. I I think they're talking about world record snow like they've never had. Last day, I wiped out, dislocated my shoulder, earned a trip to the hospital. Uh, here a report, everything's A-OK, no surgeries upcoming that I know of, but happy to be with you. I just want to say thank you, Passive Income. Thank you, Real Estate Investing. Thank you, Lifestyles Unlimited. Thank you, Dell Walmsley. We paid cash for this trip. Yes, flew in and stayed at a ski-in, ski-out. I would grab my skis, and I think I was a grand total of, I don't know, at least 50, maybe 100 yards max from the lift. Really nice, epic, Epic snowfall, like I said, treated my wife to a spa day. Uh, Look, I'm sharing this because nine years ago, we would go skiing and we were on a massive budget. We were looking for the cheapest lift tickets. We were looking for the inexpensive place to stay. I enjoyed it. We stayed with friends. We used to split a house, VRBO, with two, three, sometimes four different families to save on the money. And then At one point, we just said, you know what? Let's go do our own thing this year. So we were able to splurge. Again, thank you to Passive Income. Thank you to real estate. Thank you to Lifestyles Unlimited. Today, I've got a mailbag show. I've got a rather lengthy email from a listener who is a Lifestyles Unlimited member, by the way. And this person wants to retire. They live in Central Texas. And I'm going to share this this email because at the end, I'm going to talk about... I'm going to talk about a lot in in this email, and hopefully some of the points are salient to you. But at the end, I also want to talk about what's going on with the banking in the United States. And as you hear this show, it may have completely changed, but I'm going to talk about that Silicon Valley Bank and what's happening to a couple of others and, and why this is happening. But I'm going to tie it all in for the primary reason that we invest in real estate. One of the primary reasons is that we control our destiny. We control our money. We control where our money goes, how it goes to work, what it's invested in it. That is so, so crucial that you understand that real estate is more than real estate. It's control, folks. Please understand that. When you're handing your money to a 401k, to an IRA, into a mutual fund, to a, a money manager, what have you, you're just saying, hey, you drive the boat and I'll ride back here and hopefully we get to where we're going. Um, and there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. So the real estate control is is what we enjoy and we can adapt if we control it. But let's get into this email a little bit. This listener says that 10000 per month would be more than enough. I want to follow this scenario and see how much per month we could potentially earn this gentleman in passive income. And I need to give you a little bit of background. I read the email, and basically he has three rental properties right now, two from a previous 1031 exchange and another property. It didn't say if, whether it was an exchange or not, but he essentially has three properties. I'm going to call that $1,200 cash flow per month. Why? Because that's the average we make on our rental properties. Some make a little more, some make a little less. We're going to put a number on it. This gentleman didn't come out and say exactly how much cash flow he has he just said hey 10 grand a month would be more than enough Uh, I will say this after reading through the entire email this person is in better shape than he knows okay I'm going to try to shed some light on this for him now my first assessment before again before getting into the email is that this gentleman has way too much debt equity over three hundred thousand dollars and debt equity. What is debt equity? So when you own, whether your personal home or a rental property or a combination thereof, you have equity. That portion, the part that you've paid the mortgage balance down, that's yours. And then there's the mortgage. That's the remainder that you owe to the bank. If you were to sell the property, you would keep the equity. The bank would get the remainder. Now when that equity gets to be above a certain amount, um, I call that debt equity, it's just, it doesn't earn you a dime. You have your money in a zero percent interest return bank account. You should free it, you should free it and put it to work. Good news, it can be done and this gentleman is way better off than I believe he perceives his situation and he provides a lot of information. The first thing he provides is his home and he uses the Zillow estimate and And if you you want to use a back of the napkin estimate, Zillow's okay. If you're starting to get serious, it's not okay. It's often way off, often low, but we'll use his numbers. And he says he has a home worth $365,000, balance 173, giving an equity of 192. And his question is, if he does a HELOC, he can pull 153 out, right? You can take 80% of equity in the home. Now, I did a HELOC. The time to do a HELOC was yesterday, okay? That expired about halfway through 2022. I don't think now is the time to do a HELOC. The interest rates are steep. You pay a little bit of a penalty uh, in an extra point or two on a HELOC, depending on the bank. Um, Look, I'm not saying don't do it. If you do do it, make sure you have done your homework you have done the math, it makes sense, and you know where that money's going. The secret of the HELOC is to know, A, what your your cost of money is, right? If you're gonna pay 5%, 6%, 7%, that's your cost of money on an annual basis. Are you gonna be able to put it into an investment that provides a greater return, right? If you're gonna pull at 7%, you'd like to be earning greater than seven. Am I wrong? You wanna earn much greater my example i pulled at three and put it into a deal that had an internal rate of return of 27 so yes that was a great deal so like i said you have to know where you're going with it for it to make sense now the, the home is just the first part of this gentleman's email i do want to share something i'm an aspiring lead and my mentor who i speak with often i'll just say he is a burn the bridges type guy and when i went to him and i said look I'm ready to I'm ready to move I'm ready to go into that next level and become that lead investor and he looked at me and he said let me stop you right now if you're serious about going to the next level everything you own is on the table your 401k your savings your IRAs any toys boats motorcycles what have you rental properties and yes your personal home is on the table now even myself who's been doing this for ten years was a little bit i stepped back a little bit but thought about it and i agreed yes i was a little shocked my mentor is correct if i want to take my real estate investing to the next level then i need to be prepared to do what it takes do i like my house yes i like my house it's a great house i might even say i love my house but is it my dream home no you know how i know it's not my dream home because when i open my back door i don't see a lake i don't see an ocean when i open my back door i I don't see a mountain, okay? So that's how I know it's my dream home. Now, why am I sharing that? Because that's about me, but this gentleman says, hey, I'm ready to take it to the next level. I want to wreck my career. I'm ready to free myself. And he shares the fact that he has $192,000 in equity in his house. Well, if you're serious, then your personal home is on the table. We're going to come back to that in just a little bit, but selling that property would give us $192,000 to pay to uh, put toward something fantastic, right? That's a lot of money, let's just call it $200,000. What else happens if you sell the property? This, This person's still paying, he's paying mortgage, he's paying taxes, he's paying insurance, he's paying interest, he's paying maintenance on the property, he's paying upkeep. He's gonna save more money on a monthly basis by selling that property. And I know that's kind of a bucket of cold water in the face but that's probably better than a HELOC, right? You can only pull out so much with that HELOC, uh, about 153 versus the 192. That's a $40,000 difference. And if you're using leverage, that could be a a big, big difference. Now, and and we're gonna add this up at the end, okay? This email continues. He has a rental property. Again, he uses the Zillow estimate, the Zestimate. Says the property's worth 191. I bet it's worth more than that, just me. Uh, balance of seventy-seven five equity of one fourteen. He says this one's five years old, and I think it's time to sell. Yeah, so selling it uh, one hundred ninety-one thousand after selling and closing fees probably gives you ninety-six to a hundred thousand. Again, that property's worth maybe a little more, but we'll use we'll use his numbers. Now keep that in mind. Continuing on, this gentleman uh, mentions he did a ten thirty-one exchange and has the two properties. That I mentioned earlier. He had three rental properties. These are two of them, and they're just getting leased up. So, looking at that, I'm going to tell you there's no equity in those. We're going to keep those properties. We're not going to touch them. If you just did a 1031 and you're getting these leased up and stabilized, now's not the time to sell them. Keep those. So, rental one, five years old, 114. If he sold that and did another 1031, he mentions that the 1031 was a smooth experience. Think, of, think about this. He could go get three more properties, right? Sell one, buy three. That's going to be a net of plus two properties. He already has those other two. That will give him a total of four houses, and he should be earning cash-on-cash cash return somewhere in the neighborhood of $1,600 a month, right? So uh, we haven't touched his house yet. Um, as we mentioned, that's that 192 But looking at this other rental, if he sells it, I like the idea. 1031 exchange that. Go get three more properties and now we have $1600 a month in monthly income. Remember, that's just one way you're making money. Is that cash flow, right? You're going to have equity capture when you buy those other properties. You're going to have the mortgage pay down once you get that great individual renting that property from you month in and you're paying the associated PITI that goes with it, principal, interest, insurance, taxes. Uh, that's just another way you're making money right the the tax advantages of it so 1600 is where we're at but it looks like we've got another 192 to play with and we'll look at that on the other side my name is Mike Harrison
0: got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next.
1: Start your real estate immersion with a free workshop live online at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com.
0: Remember this, sellers, motivated sellers are found, but deals are made.
1: A reminder from Dell Walmsley, CEO of Lifestyles Unlimited. Learn how to find those motivated sellers and get the deals done. Join our free online workshop and learn how to retire in five years or less at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com.
0: Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the show. I'm Mike Harrison.
1: We're going through an email from our listener, and I do enjoy getting emails from our listeners. My email address is askmike at l-u-i-n-c.com, and LU stands for inc.com. And a gentleman sent an email in, he wants to free himself, he's ready to make a move. He already has some rental properties. He is a member of Lifestyles Unlimited. I'm going to tell you right now, he's he's better off than he thinks he is. Uh, he's ready to to leave leave the job. Right? He's ready to be financially free, and he's got two great advantages. One, he recognizes that he's ready to go okay now that sounds rather simple a lot of you may be thinking right now well mike every one of us that works every day we recognize that we're ready to be financially free not true not true i'm going to tell you the majority of people there just think that's the way it is go to work and then one day everything will be better and they've essentially they're just it's monotonous and they they don't recognize that uh, they want to be free and then the second item here the second side of the coin is this person knows he can do this and he knows that real estate can set him free he's um, he mentioned he's a member of of lifestyles unlimited he has three rental properties right now we just talked about selling one of those rental properties and basically adding three more rental properties sell one add three you're going to net two that would give him four rental properties total if he used that 1031 exchange that I mentioned in the last segment. I think that's a great play. Okay. Now, I'm just a guy that does the radio show. These are questions. These are important questions. You should ask me and you should ask nine other people. This email went to both myself and Al Gordon, who's a host uh, out of San Antonio, also does the show. But his email continues, right? I mentioned uh, in the last segment, uh, if we sold that house, if we sold his primary I know shocking right but you got everything's on the table like my mentor mentor said that's 192 here we go now we're playing in my lane the email continues he has a 401k okay here we go Uh, he says it's worth 153 and going downhill sir you are correct a 401k is a fake retirement savings account at best if he paid the 10% penalty and let's say 35% in taxes that would net him $89,000. He also has some stocks, he mentions, $15,000 worth of stocks. So let's go through it. This gentleman doesn't say how old he is. Uh, I'm going to basically say he's younger than 57 and a half. I like the idea. If you're older than 57 and a half, that's about two years. Um, if you're within maybe a year or two, then... We're going to talk a little bit about the 10% penalty and what that's going to mean for you. I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no. I'm saying we're going to talk about it. If you're less than 57 and a half, that 10%, look, I'm out. I did this. I pulled the 401k. I paid the taxes. I paid the penalty, right? If we're paying, if, if, if you think about it like this, um, let's go reverse. That 153,000 in your 401k, will that retire you? Absolutely not. The, 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 brighter side does the 153,000 in your 401k have a chance to become two, three, $4 million. No, not unless you got a hundred years maybe. And I still wouldn't count on it. Not with this administration at the wheel running things. There is no way. How many banks need to fail until you realize how big a risk you really have with that 401k? Honestly, um, now, let's think about this as well. I would guess that this gentleman is funding that 401k. If he still has one, it's not doing you any good unless you're giving it money each and every month. Um, I don't like him. I got out of him, but I'm going to say that he is. So between selling his home that I mentioned earlier, uh, freeing that 401k, so sell your home 192 free that 401k that's 89,000 sell the stocks that's 15,000 friends we now have discovered two hundred and ninety six thousand dollars plus four rental homes paying sixteen hundred dollars per month what can we do with that also on top of it once you sell that personal home we're gonna rent for a couple years it's not your dream home you're gonna have extra money each and every month that we can invest, right? That's the personal upkeep, the maintenance, everything else in that personal home. And you're gonna stop feeding that 401k once you save it. So we're gonna have that additional money. So now we should have at least $300,000 plus additional monthly coming in. What can you do with $300,000? Well, let's say you became an independent rental property owner. you went and bought your own little 10 to 12 unit property, maybe bigger, than that if the opportunity is right well the cash flow and that would probably be about $40,000 a year right you still have your job but now you just added another $40,000 a year and I'm trying to be conservative but I bet it'd be better than that but what's even better well the internal rate of return on that property and let's be conservative let's say 15 percent well that return with that and the cash flow should easily be around $100,000 per year. It's not all realized. You have to understand your net worth is growing and it's in the shape of mortar and brick and carpet and the walls and it's in that investment. It's in that property. The cash flow is just one piece of the six ways we're making money now that we're in an apartment community. And again, I've, if, if you think those numbers are high, they're not. I'm being very, very conservative. So if this gentleman took the 300 grand and did his first independent rental property and then went through that investment and got his second independent rental property even bigger, right? You go bigger each time for sure. He could re- he might even be able to retire on the first one, but for sure he'd be financially free on the second one. Definitely on the third, no doubt. Now, that's just independent rental owner. Let's say he really wanted to go in and become a lead investor A syndicator now like I said this email went to myself and it went to Colonel Al Gordon and Al summed it up there was more to it but he summed it up and he said it just like this and only like a colonel in the US Army can say and he said fear will keep you from achieving the lifestyle you're working on and he added some thoughts to it that is a strong statement that's a bold statement but guess what that sums up everything in that email And my advice now's the time take action and you're in a great spot you the good news you're in a great spot and you have the financial capability to do this you're a member of lifestyles unlimited and you've got us to help you through the process now as I mentioned in the first segment the other side of this email let's talk about Silicon Valley Bank there's an article that came out March 13th so a couple of weeks back by Simon Black simon black works for a company called sovereign research if you'd like to look this up and the title of the article is is if svb is insolvent so is everyone else and i took away some salient points first i thought this was rather alarming once you go through it it's it's a long article i'm not going to read the article on the air you should check it out it's long and it's well researched and i thought it was alarming um Go back to my show from March 13th, and I told you change is coming. I told you, okay? Lots of change. Get used to change. Get used to uncertainty. Get used to chaos. And I read through this whole article, and all I could think was, thank God for real estate and passive income. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because whatever SVB is, Silicon Valley Bank, bad management, bad investing, uh, ridiculous, um, how can I say this, right? A lot of these companies today are into things that have nothing to do with profitability, nothing. And for some reason, how we got to a point where corporate America and our banking system cares about other items than the product, than making the product better, than making the product more efficient, to making it cheaper for everybody, Uh, to making a profit for the investor and they've sidetracked themselves into this whole mess of stuff that has nothing to do with anything but um, essentially this is about control this is about control I just told a gentleman to yeah sell your house and sell your 401k you will have control of your money when you invest as a real estate investor you know where your money is going think about think about the ultimate control i take hundred thousand dollars and i go buy three rental properties that i have chosen that i have walked that i have looked at that i have done the equations on and i understand what they're going to rent for i understand what the cash flow is going to be i know what the insurance is going to be i know what my interest rate is going to be that's control that is ultimate control rather than I hand my hundred thousand dollars to an investor or worst case I put my hundred thousand dollars. Well, let's go greater than a hundred We're supposedly protected by the FDIC. Uh, remember 2008. But anyway, supposedly we're protected if we keep our investments less than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a bank. But again, you think it's OK. It's in a bank, and these people are making ridiculous decisions, absolutely, but in real estate, total control. What else What else is real estate besides control? Like I say all the time, it is a store of value. You want to park a hundred grand in something like a Signature Bank or Silicon Valley Bank? Sure, go ahead. Good luck. Why don't you park it in real estate? a tangible asset that has an address that you can go see, that you can go tap on the wall, that you can touch, that you can understand, that you have set up, that you understand what it's going to do, how it's going to do it, and how much cash flow, everything about it. So now real estate also is a hedge against inflation. And let's talk about this Silicon Valley bank. Um, The president came out and said that even people that have more than $250,000 in an account are going to be made whole. So he's going above and beyond essentially what the rules are that you and I have lived by our entire lives of putting it in. What's he doing? He's inflating the economy again. He's putting all this money into the system when the worst thing that we're doing that's causing all this inflation is putting money into the system? How many banks are they going to bail out, right? I don't like the idea that they're picking winners and losers. I get a feeling that at some point they're going to say no to a few of these banks for either because they don't have the money or because, uh, you know, they just like to pick winners and losers. Remember, again, 2008 to 2010. But if he's he's doing everything opposite of the fed which is crazy the fed is saying we're going to raise interest rates because there's so much money floating through the system that it's causing this inflation and the signal there is please we're trying to stop this money from flowing into the system and all the white house does and all the politicians is they want to add more money to the system so bailing out the banks is going to cause inflation but this article goes through and and it talks about a lot of different things. Um, it goes into what's called the Deposit Insurance Fund, right? The DIF, and that's what essentially insures customer deposits, right? That's why everyone says don't keep more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a bank account because you're insured. But it mentions that the Deposit Insurance Fund's balance right now is only a hundred and twenty-eight billion, and that there's six hundred and fifty billion. And growing in unrealized losses in the banking system now if that doesn't wake you up think about that the insurance has 128 billion and the unrealized losses right now are 650 billion so go no further than my show a few weeks back the Bernie Madoff show there was insurance supposedly in place to protect people against Ponzi schemes and guess what happened the insurers found a way around that and didn't pay the insurance have I told you how much I despise Wall Street politicians and insurance companies but here listen to this here's the twist this is where it gets really crazy so you read through the article and it talks about the the insurance fund that only has 128 billion there's 650 billion in unrealized losses okay that's on one side so you got 120 to cover 650 guess where the money is invested in the in in the insurance fund it's it's invested in the bonds it's invested in the same thing that caused these banks to have all these losses it's unbelievable they invested it in u.s bonds and that's what's killing silicon valley bank and that's that's ridiculous, right? Is it not? So they're invested in the same thing that's killing the banks, and they're the ones that's supposed to, to cover the banks. Now, I will tell you this um, people should have seen this coming. And the quote unquote experts, again, uh, take that guy Kramer, that clown Kramer. He's talking about how great Silicon Valley Bank is as recent as maybe five or 10 days before they're found insolvent. So when I tell you that your 401k, your IRA, mutual funds, bonds, all that stuff is just speculation, it's just gambling, is it starting to make sense now? I've been saying this for three years. A 401k is nothing more than a savings account. Investing in the stock market is speculation. It's gambling. It's the greater fool theory, as Dale Walmsley says, right? When you buy a stock, it means someone else is selling it. Why are they selling it? Are they selling it because it thinks it's going to be worth more tomorrow? No, they're selling it because they think it's going to be worth less tomorrow. And you're the one buying it. Friends, I want you to invest in real estate for nothing more than the control of your net worth. It is so important to keep that store of value, to hedge against inflation, and to control your own destiny. My name is Mike Harrison. I want you to understand it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Make it a great day. We'll see you next week.